The information we provide in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be used in the place of advice from a mental health medical professional for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. The opinions shared in this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect those of our employers. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a, another episode of Here Comes the Thought. Uh, this is going to be episode 20. Guys, we're almost done with the first season. Yeah. So No, don't say that. Uh, just the first season? We still have four more seasons. No, because, I mean, we, we've had... We've had we've had a couple of breaks in between, and I think if we 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 finish the first season, we're probably going to take another break, aren't we? Just a little break, a small break, uh, uh, maybe a semester's long break. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> us, us damn students. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, for those that might be just tuning into this episode, uh, and this is like the very first episode. Uh, I am one of the co-hosts here, uh, Mark Quides, and I am joined tonight with my lovely regulars here. We have John Ramos. That's me. And the lovely Kat LaForgia. Hi! So guys, uh, what episodes are we covering tonight? We are covering Winter Forecast and Maximum Capacity. I like always, I didn't do the homework. What do you mean you didn't do the homework? You mean you didn't do the one thing that we always do every week, and that's watch the episodes? Oh, no, I watched the episodes. Okay, then you did your homework. You're fine. Oh, oh okay. All right. So I did the homework. All right. I did the homework. What was the homework? I don't John, know. John, you, you have extra homework. You're the honor it, student. That's right. He's the one who does the notes. I have my notes that, written down. Okay, so I didn't have to do anything. No, you just have to watch the episodes and come here and sound pretty. So I didn't have to do any notes on them more. Uh, oh, I had to practice how to say their last names. That was what it was. Maheshwarns. I'm going to mess it up a lot. <laughs> don't worry, we'll just... Uh... We'll just cut it out and then post credit. You're just going to re-record it and then it's just going to plop in there. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> you can just no. say it once and then like copy paste it. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> It'll be like those. Uh, that's automated. way more work. There's that's way more work than me. Just yeah, we're we're. I'm just going to mess it up and everybody's going to laugh or get really annoyed. So I'm probably just going to say Connie's parents the whole episode. That's that works. Fine. <laughs> all right so as usual guys we are going to kick this off and i'm going to do my little bit for every episode here uh we're going to talk about bit, the bit all listen right, you stop you know what but i agree with steven i love the bits the bits everybody yeah. loves the bits they're like my favorite part of the french press but i like mark's bit better <laughs> mark's bits are the best <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Let's get this started because we're okay. crazy already. We I haven't know, even right? started. We're already insane. All right. All right. So winter forecast. It starts off with Stephen and Connie. They're at his house. They have the, I would assume it's a furnace. They have it open. They're roasting marshmallows. They're eating animal byproducts. It's a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but Connie gets a call from her mom saying there's a big snowstorm coming and that she needs to hurry up and get home. But obviously, Stephen doesn't want the time they have together to end. And he's trying to delay the inevitable. Uh, and then Garnet uh, decides to bless him with a special gift of future vision, temporarily at least. And throughout the course of the episodes, we're seeing all these potential futures that could happen if Steven decides to either delay his dad from bringing Connie home and having them walk through this horrible storm and kind of get sick and the Maheshwarns hate them, basically, to them going but then getting stuck in the snow but staying put in the car and then having Connie's dad smack their car because he can't drive in the snow. Or we have them try to run back to the house and the gems are in the middle trying to send this shooting star to the galaxy warp. But because they notice Connie and Steven there, Pearl kind of breaks her focus and drops the shooting star, which causes everybody to blow up and die. Basically, that's that's just one of the potential futures. And then when Steven realizes that, hey, I like uh, and then Garnet explains that she gave him future vision so that way he can make the most logical and best decision. Uh, he decides to hurry up and get Connie home before anything bad can happen. And by doing so, he ends up making the right choice because right when they drop off Connie and they're about to leave, the Maheshwarns are grateful that they got her back but and also are all about safety. So they ask, uh, or they suggest that the universes stay over for the night so that way they don't have to drive through the rough snow ahead. And then it ends with Steven and Connie watching the snow together. Which is all they wanted to do to begin with. Yeah. And they get it. They get it. That's so that's so wrong. <laughs> you know what? You Tom? only make it sound wrong. He Did, no, the way he said it was wrong. Didn't you feel like this episode had some weird teenage energy just like pervading it? They're best friends. They're best roasting friend. marshmallows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that this, a metaphor this, for? This is like uh, the beginning of young love. This is like where the sprout is being planted. Yep. I believe. Mm-hmm. Listen, I I totally feel that Steven roasted his marshmallow wrong. And he only it roasted should, one side. And it should totally get set on fire. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm... That's, that's the best way to eat yeah. your marshmallow. You get it set on fire, you blow the marshmallow out, and then you eat it. You eat the crispy yeah. moraines. Yeah, I was I was very upset by the beginning of this episode. I thought Connie was supposed to be, you know, a guide for Steven. And I was disappointed because marshmallows are supposed to be charred black before you eat them. There's no other correct way to eat them. <laughs> It's funny. Everybody thinks I'm weird when I eat my marshmallows like that. They're like, wow, why are you letting it burn to a crisp? I'm like, is there any other way? Yeah. They're wrong, you get, Mark. You're you right. get fluff with that. No, that's the best way to eat it. it it's got to be melty. Yeah. I, I melt it up until it starts like coming off of the stick. Yeah. And then I put it on, on a cracker. Like like the graham crackers for the s'mores. It's like, what kind of crackers are you using? <laughs> well, careful, be, careful, be careful what you say, man. I would use crackers. <laughs> I put it on a cracker. 
Is this a joke I'm not understanding because of yeah. the cultural divide? I think you understand it yeah. the most because of the cultural divide, but you know, it's all right. We'll we'll t- we'll explain when you're older, John. Okay. <laughs> or off recording. <laughs> when we're probably off recording. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it, guys. Goodbye. That's the Have end of this night. podcast. <laughs> okay. What were we talking about? <laughs> uh, teenage energy. So, There's so intense we're teenage about, like, staring. Angst. Yeah. No, well, that too. But I feel like the energy is in their intense staring moment. Yeah. They just stare at each other for like a good minute. Yeah. Just like at the very end of the episode. Yeah. It's that moment where you're trying to get away with having more time to be with each other. Right? And that's sort of their motivation throughout the episode. Sort of how can we get the adults in our, how can we fool the adults in our family into letting us stay more time with each other? Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. And you could see, and during one of the future visions, like when Steven's having Connie like race back to their house because he doesn't want them to drive because he knows it's not going to be safe. Um, She's like built up that courage to tell her mom that she's going to stay at Steven's for that night. But she's like really happy about it. She's like, yeah, I'm going to stay over at Steven's for the night. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. And obviously her mom's like, oh, no, 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 you're not. Yeah. And then he throws and, the phone. And it becomes one of those things. It's. um, I mean, this goes back to like, what age are they again? Uh-huh. <laughs> because. At that age, I think her parent, uh, like her, her parents, would be like, "No, you're not staying over a boy's house." Yep. Um. So that's that's pretty much where they would go. Okay, you shouldn't be sleeping over some boy's house. Um. Stephen hasn't had any type of social interaction with anybody his age. So the gems, of course, don't have, uh, they don't know not that it's inappropriate for Connie to spend the night. So they're not going to say, yeah, Connie can't spend the night. She needs to go back home. Mm-hmm. And needs to be taught by, say, say the name again, Mahesh Warren's. Did I say it right? There you go. You did it. Yay! On your first so, try. Woohoo! So, um, so they have to be taught by them. You know, this is what's culturally culturally appropriate with their age. Mm-hmm. And this is something that they don't know. Greg, I don't know if Greg would understand this, which is really bad. Because, I don't I mean, think Greg would understand this. Yeah, it it and it goes to the parenting styles because even though he's human, but we don't know anything about his background. You know, he's lived in his van for so long. You know, would he be okay with, he doesn't raise Steven. So would he be fine with Connie just sleeping over at, at the beach house with Steven? It would totally be fine in Greg's point of view, I would think. And that's why Greg's, Telling everyone that the the Maheshwarans think that he's a responsible parent and that he's got to maintain that image. But just having that degree of insight is particularly telling for Greg. 
um, the fact that we know that um, Greg is not a very responsible parent, and he's very aware of it, apparently, to the point where he is looking for ways to convince um, the the Mayshorns that he's actually as responsible as he should be. Well, the Mahesh Warrens are his only parental peers, so he wants to look good in their eyes. Yeah, and they're the complete opposite, which is something to live up to <laughs> in Greg's point of view. Because we haven't met, we haven't met Onion's parents yet, right? Um, we have met um Onion's dad, just not Petey's yet the mom. Dad, we met Petey's dad, but. When it comes to the relationships with parents. And uh, we know um, the cool dude, Puck, his father never gave him kisses. <laughs> that's, that's how much we know about parenting. <laughs> so, yeah. So, when it comes to parenting styles, the only two parenting styles that we actually see are um, in in Beach City, we see the Mahesh Warrens. Um with their relationship with Connie and we see Steven with his, their relationship with, uh, uh, sorry, Greg with his relationship with Steven. So we get these antidotes with, um, Buck Dewey and we see Petey and his dad. We don't see Ronaldo with his dad, which is actually very telling on Mm -hmm. their relationship. Yep. And you know what, what else? Uh, Okay. I have a theory right now. What is your What theory? if it's a cultural thing? What if I was going to say could it be bunnies? Yes, it could be bunnies. <laughs> Look at freaky faces. Um but um <laughs> But also, I am now sending you tons of bunny memes. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> um <laughs> But what I was thinking is maybe it's a cultural thing in Beach City. There are no good parental relationships like not parental um like fathers in beach city i I think the the best father in beach city would be greg and he's still like he he's still not settled in into that role and maybe it's because the maheshwarans come from a different uh area that maybe that's why they're a much more stable family structure I don't know. Now, now again, do the Mahesh Warrens live in Beach City or do they live like in a neighboring city? They, they live, live in a neighboring city. city. Wow, you guys were almost completely in sync with that. Because we are in sync. Almost. No, we're almost. We're like brothers. No. All right, you're taking brother. it a little you're taking it a little too far there, but You know what's no. what's sad, Jean, is is you are more you're you're closer to uh, to to me than you are to, to Mark. <laughs> but um Mark and I have nightmares at the very same period in time at night. Really? And we're connected by a metaphorical umbilical cord, just like twins. Um, I'm usually awake by the, when you're asleep, but... It's okay so. to admit it, Mark. <laughs> I think we've just lost the rest of our listeners. Thank you all. Okay, so this getting back to the episode been, here. Here comes a thought. <laughs> <laughs> getting back to the episode here. I actually feel like... Um, these these two parents here they represent 
two very opposite ends of, of the parenting spectrum. You have Connie's parents, the Mahesh Warrens here, that are kind of very overbearing and very strict, have a lot of rules set in place, and expect mm-hmm. Connie to follow it. And you have Greg, where the parenting is pretty much non-existent. Yeah. Like, Greg tries to act more like a best friend to Steven, probably because he knows that he doesn't get to see Steven really all that often because Steven doesn't live with him. So the time he does get to spend with him, you know, it's like, hey, I want to chill out, have a good time with you. I don't want to have to parent you like a, you know, like something that. Plus, I also don't feel like Greg is really comfortable with that. Like, he's still very self-conscious of himself, and that's why he's goes through the the effort to make all these changes to his outfit because he wants to come off as being a responsible parent. He wants to maintain that image that the he thinks or that the Mahesh ones have of him. Well, and that goes back to like how how influenced he is by his son's suggestion than opposed to saying, okay, well I'm the adult here. And I'm going to say, this is fine for me to, you know, bring you guys home. Yeah, but also, he's so afraid of what the Maheshwans might think that he actually thinks running through snow, through a snowstorm, is a better alternative. Okay, let's let's think of that logically. He's wearing a sweatshirt. How did, one, he think that was going to keep him warm? And two, he's wearing freaking sandals. So yeah, like the locus of like his decision making is like, what will the Maheshwans think? If their daughter is not on time, they'll be upset with me. So I guess the only better option is walk through the snow with the kids to make it there in time. Yeah, let me walk through the snow in sandals. In sandals. (laughs) I can't. I mean, at least, at least Stephen was wearing boots. For once, he was wearing something. Yeah, other I was flip flops. I was actually surprised, and and I had to watch this. This was the first time I watched the episodes and actually lo- like paid attention. He was actually wearing like boots in this one because I've actually watched a couple of the other episodes. I know I'm not supposed to say that. I've actually watched a couple of the episodes in the in the future seasons, and it's another winter episode and he's wearing flip-flops also and i'm just like so all this and you know didn't you hear anything about this whole like your heat escapes from your extremities so like you're wearing flip-flops what's the point Mm -hmm. but that's just me being logical it's a cartoon why am i (laughs) i will say one thing the maheshwarans are petty and here's why um well Wait, 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 wait. They are... Pe- oh. This is future vision, so this is one of the outcomes, but I'm trying to... I'm wondering if the outcomes are more... Now, th- this was the thing that I, I, I'm unsure of. So this is the... You're over here saying they're petty, but in all honesty, mm-hmm. if this... Is this the whole thing, the running through the snow, or if this was the whole thing of, like, his car broke down when they said, when when he said, I'll get the pull-up ready? No, no, no. What I'm, yeah, it's the thing where he tells Stephen and Dad during the snowstorm, like, 
you know where the exit is. It's like, leave this house. Mid-snowstorm. And it's not until Greg says that the car is broken down where he's like, oh, okay, I'll get the pull-out couch. Okay. Now, I'm going to argue for the Mahesh Warrens. <gasps> they have been, like, they were concerned about their daughter who just ran through a snowstorm. Nobody called to say, hey, by the way, we got stuck in a snowstorm. Nobody mm-hmm. called to say we got into a car accident in the snowstorm. They just know she got home late and now is sick because of it. And so the answer is leave the dad with his son out there in the cold. They didn't know that. They didn't know that the snowstorm had already started? They thought he had the van. It wasn't until Greg said, my van broke down. So it's okay to drive the van in the storm. That he had already driven the van that point there. I mean, if it's not okay for Connie, why would it be okay for Steven? Again, this goes back to the whole, I'm wondering if when Steven is doing this future vision, if this is actually... Now, because we've had this whole argument before that Stephen's kind of, Stephen's point of view is still kind of childish. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if Stephen's future vision is still kind of childish also. I think future vision takes into account variables outside of your own thought. I think it literally sees the potential, maybe even potentials you couldn't imagine. No, I I totally agree that it will take into all those accounts, but it's also going to, you know, it's also going to be that whole thing that he has an emotional connection to it. Mm -hmm. So his emotional connection can sort of flavor it in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Influence. Thank you. Because my brain just went. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not there. We'll throw in a word that goes with it. It's so, Maheshwaran. Yeah, yeah Maheshwaran. That's the word. No, <laughs> um, it will. It, it can influence the way the future vision can go. Yeah. So he's thinking the inf- no matter what the Maheshwarans are going to be angry. Mm-hmm. So he's. That's what's going to influence every one of them. What do you think, Mark? You're the tiebreaker. Um, I I mean, you guys both present very, very convincing arguments. Mark, before you answer, remember our metaphysical connection. I I only go with cat. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have said he's, anything. He's resistant, <laughs> but he knows the truth. He's trying to hide it. If you wouldn't have said anything about that metaphysical connection, he probably would have gone with you. Mm-hmm. So I have the logical answer. Yeah, that's what makes sense. But Kat has the right answer. Oh, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anything else about future vision? Oh, so, you know. I mean, it, winter it, forecast. It winter forecast. We haven't done it yet. <laughs> future um, vision was a few episodes ago. Yeah, that away. one was, that was a few episodes ago. <laughs> um, but it. It took Stephen going through all of those for him to make the proper choice. Mm 
Um, but again, this is also where I think even if he would have seen that the Maheshwarans were not that upset, I feel he would not have made that choice. I think he would have gone with like, okay, you know what, let's let's just go through everything the way that it's going to play out this way so I can get the extra time with Connie. Ultimately, him making the right choice, he got exactly what he wanted. He got to, you know, um, they got Connie home safe. The Maheshwarans were, were happy that Connie was safe. They saw that the snow was coming down kind of hard. They didn't want Stephen and Greg out in that snowstorm. So they said, you know what? You should crash here. Mm-hmm. And Stephen and Connie got exactly what they wanted, which was to spend the time together and watch the snowfall. Wait, wait. So the snowstorm was still out and Greg had his van and only then did they tell them, like, okay, you can crash here. Because they were not act- upset. They were not upset. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why they're petty. That's not a petty thing. I think anybody would have done that. That's being responsible. Yeah. Wait, being responsible is telling the parents and their child to go out and drive in the snow? Listen, I've done that before. Oh my god, cat. What if they die? Not my kid. <laughs> Damn, son. Dude, do you know do you know how many times my job has been like, um Yeah, we know it's a state of emergency here and the governor has said that nobody should leave their house. Um but you should go out and see people. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Okay, you know what? You know what? I've been through a snowstorm once. I've, I've been around in the snowstorm. So I'm not like the expert on how these situations go. Yeah, I've been but I know through, in a hurricane that wouldn't fly. I've been through a snowstorm mm, about 10 times in just the past ooh, three years that I've lived here. Mm-hmm. I hate snow. Snow can fucking eat it. Um, There's the F-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were waiting for. There. <laughs> I always um, try to see how long it'll be before you drop it. Yeah, 26 minutes. There you go. Halfway and- through. <laughs> almost. And I've almost wrecked my car half those times because my job doesn't care about our lives. <laughs> so yeah. There you go. Don't get a job. Just live off oxygen. Live Just live off still. oxygen. You don't need money. You don't need food. Drink water. That's all. Become a plant. And so Stephen gets to stay at Connie's place and while the parents are asleep they get to, quote-unquote, look at the snow together. So they get to get, they get exactly what they wanted because they did the responsible choice. Mm-hmm. But again, I think it was because Stephen was scared with the future vision. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, knowing the future is scary. Scary. 
pretty scary. Terrifying. All right, do I have anything else to say about... Uh, I still want future vision. I would totally forecast. be like, okay, fine. <laughs> the only thing I'll say is that I live in a tropical island, so I wish I had winter forecast. Um, Get out of yeah. here. Nope. <laughs> totally with a nope. All I, right. <clears throat> I've lived through several hurricanes, and I think I still will choose the hurricanes. <laughs> My goodness. And I hate hurricanes. I still would choose the hurricanes. Episode 43, <laughs> Maximum Capacity. Oh, so John, you want to do the, the synopsis for this one? No, I just, I'm just talking. I, I'm just, I'm just reading the title for you. <laughs> You're reading the title for me. All I right, start I, your sentences, remember? No, you don't. You don't we're do connected. anything. You need to stop okay. before I just walk off this podcast. <laughs> Nobody's nobody's <laughs> walking off the podcast. Don't make me feel all alone here. I've, Nobody I've, walked into the podcast. We're sitting down. Okay. I will wheel myself out of here. No wheeling yourself out of here. All right. This Mac podcast is like everybody. completely off the rails. That's it. I love it. <laughs> no, this it, you can tell it's been a while since we've done this. Just insane. Completely insane. All right, let's go. All right, maximum capacity. <laughs> So um, this starts off, um, it's New Year's Eve, so that kind of gets some context in terms of what point of the year it's been, or it is now, and Stephen and Greg are bringing some stuff to his old storage unit to put some stuff away for until summer vacation, or at least until summer, I, sh- I don't know why I put vacation in there, but upon opening up the the storage unit, they realize that Greg's unit is completely overfilled with a bunch of random garbage. And so Stephen decides that, or, or Stephen and Greg decide that, hey, now might be a good time to decide to clean it up and get rid of some stuff that, you know, he doesn't need anymore or that stuff that he doesn't need to keep. And Stephen decides to bring the perfect gem for the job amethyst. Perfect. How exactly. Is that, how is that? I you know what? Just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Because amethyst Steve, has a lot of junk. Keep, nope. Keep going. Keep going. Get through. We'll, we're gonna we'll, get we'll talk it. about that. Yeah. We'll get talk about it after the synopsis. Mm-hmm. So upon well, while they're in the middle of, of cleaning out the storage unit, um, amethyst comes across these old cassettes of this hit TV show called Lil Butler. Lil and Butler. apparently, it was something that. Greg, Amethyst, and, and Steven used to watch all the time when Steven was a little kid slash baby. And they decide to pop in an episode, but Steven, still being grounded from TV, is deciding to be responsible and say, no, I can't watch this. I'm going to look away while you guys watch this. And eventually, uh, Greg and Amethyst kind of start losing track of time. They keep watching the episodes Steven kind of heads home for the day and decides to come back the next day to help them clean, continue out with the storage unit. But upon coming back the next day, um, he sees that they are still there watching it. And even though there's no, and after they show no signs of getting up and continuing with the storage unit, Steven's like, okay, well, I'll just see you at the new year's uh, fireworks. And so uh, Amethyst and, and Greg continue to watch these episodes and then nighttime comes and, and Steven, Pearl, and Garnet are sitting on the beach waiting for the fireworks but obviously Greg and Amethyst are still not there. It isn't until after an episode ends that uh, Greg starts to hear the fireworks 
and realizes that he's missing the fireworks with Steven and that he needs to go and be there for Steven, but Amethyst wants him to stay sick around. And they kind of get into this very heated argument that Steven kind of walks in on. Um, and it's only until Amethyst shapeshifts that he starts to, like, he intervenes. And Amethyst storms out, very upset. And same with, and then Steven kind of leads Greg out there, outside of the storage unit for the night. And so when they come back the next morning after New Year's to finish off the storage unit, they find that the gems themselves have actually already cleared out all of uh, the stuff inside the storage unit, save for one box that Amethyst says that Greg should keep. While the rest of the stuff will go to Amethyst, uh, go into Amethyst's room in the temple because she has all the room for it, and this way he doesn't have to get rid of anything. And that's the episode. <sighs> so much to unpack with this. Okay, I want to start off here with something that uh, John here has written in the notes numerous times, and I wa- I feel like I need to clear this up. Okay. <laughs> um, no, you need to stop with those jokes, good sir. Amethyst, Amethyst has, has not has- seen his junk. <laughs> exactly. Well, she she literally says she's seen his junk, so you're wrong. Yeah, as in like his his garbage, his his like interesting. I didn't know order. there were other words for that. Yes. Besides junk. My goodness, you sir! I swear. <laughs> um, but no, that that isn't really the that really isn't the point that I wanted to clear up. The point that I wanted to clear up here that you have going on is this. Um, you say you said this, and I quote. Okay, 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 okay. So this is this show giving us sexy vibes between Amethyst and Greg. Is Lil Butler a metaphor for intimate relationships? Which I would say no. Okay. I don't think okay. I don't think it's, I don't think it gives off sexy vibes at all. I think it's a matter of they're both being friends. But like you said on the other side here, that says Greg and Amethyst have seem to have a toxic relationship. I think that's true, and this kind of goes this kind of gets um shown at the end when amethyst starts shape-shifting first she shapes it she changes into steven to be like oh yeah this is how exactly how it's gonna go at the fireworks so don't even bother stay here with me but then it's when she she changes into rose to torment greg because she's hurt that you can really see and it's it that you can really see that they're both kind of having a lot of this emotional baggage um, especially around Rose. So, you know, Amethyst says, like, you know, what about me? I, I had someone who was looking out for me until uh, she started hanging out with you. So, in a sense, like, Amethyst and Greg are both missing Rose. Uh, but it seems like for, like, and it seems like for this very same reason. Greg misses Rose because obviously, like, he loved her and, and he enjoyed having her company. Amethyst was still a very young gem when Rose left or, you know, disappeared mm-hmm. to make Steven. And so Rose is like this mother figure to Amethyst. And it it's in a sense just like Steven, like she lost her mom. And that was the person that was looking out for her. So she decided to, I'm assuming what had happened was Amethyst started hanging out with Greg because she's like, well, if, what did Rose find so special about you? 
But the thing is, is that Amethyst is a gem that can kind of live forever and doesn't have to worry about all these external responsibilities that Greg does Mm because he's just a human. Mm-hmm. And it's because, you know, at, at, at it's one of those things where I feel like Amethyst is kind of being uh, clingy and needy in the sense that she needs someone there to kind of give her that sort of attention that Rose would give her. But now she doesn't get it as much. Mm-hmm. And she tries to hide it from the other gems because she knows that the other gems aren't going to give it to her. Uh, and she obviously can't go to Steven because Steven's even younger than she is. So she's got to be there for him. And so now she has Greg who could be who could be there for her, but just not as much as she wants. And so when he threatens, like when he's basically saying, no, I got to leave your side to be with somebody else. It reminds her of Rose who ended up leaving the gems to be with Greg and ultimately giving up her form to make Steven. And so they're both kind of dealing with that. And Amethyst is dealing with it in a very... Um, unhealthy way. Yeah, very aggressive and very unhealthy for the both of them. Yeah. Like, she's projecting her frustrations and her anger and her sadness onto Greg. And and because of that, Greg is dealing, is now being tormented and is kind of you know, being traumatized at the fact that he, that, you know, she changes into Rose knowing full well that she's never coming back, even though he wants that more than anything. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Kat? Um, I feel that both Greg and Amethyst have a very toxic, very unhealthy codependent relationship Mm -hmm. um and i feel that the reason so um so the whole definition thing on codependency or codependence is um it's a relationship between one or two people well between two people where they kind of enable each other so it's usually used with a person who's sober and a person who has some type of an addiction problem. Um, but it can be used with people who are irresponsible or immature, like Amethyst and Greg. So they're both immature and irresponsible and they kind of feed off of one, each, uh, off of one another and they allow, um, so they kind of, um, enable, each other to stay in that poor mental health, in that irresponsible mode, in that immaturity, um, in an sort of underachiever sort of mode. Mm -hmm. Um, So they rely on uh, other people for approval, which we see constantly with Amethyst. And we saw last episode with, um, Greg with wanting to look good for the Mahesh Warrens. Yeah. Um, so he needs to look good for his sense of, uh, for his sense of approval, his sense of identity as a dad for the Mahesh Warrens. Um, because like he doesn't get that. Mm-hmm. Now, Greg and, and Amethyst, when they're together, that codependency is 
like right there. They go right back into it. Um, which is why the moment that Pearl heard that they were together, they, she knew exactly what they were doing. They bring out the worst in each other. And apparently little Butler is the catalyst for that codependency. Um, so I don't think, um, little Butler is a, uh, some like sexy thing for them, but it's a ca- it's 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 a catalyst for their codependency. So it's a catalyst for their for their uh, mental illness. Yes, I I agree. I think in the in the beginning of this episode, you know, when Stephen chooses Amethyst to be the one to tidy up the garage, this everybody's reaction as a viewer should be like, what? Because we know Amethyst is just like Greg in the sense that they both hoard junk, right? And so I think what happens is that when you put these two personalities together, they're really compatible in the worst sense of the word. Like they potentiate their worst qualities and they sort of feed off that. And uh, the junk is part of that, how they're, they're just willing to keep everything because they don't want to let go of anything because it's hard because it, it it takes work to sort of you know just cut off that connection you have with those physical objects and their past but also with um little butler which is like it's that comfort media that you have that sometimes can be a bit overindulgent and uh, this is pretty much how it works with sort of when you get down that Netflix, like, black hole where y- you just want to watch this whole series and just f- forget about all your other responsibilities. And they feed off each other in that sense because they both enjoyed Little Butler. And they're both people who would rather shirk off responsibility than deal with it, right? Yeah. And that's how this codependency sort of situation really, really gets bad to the point where they hold each other accountable to keep each other in place. Yeah. Now, Greg, Greg was able to sort of um, jump out of that pretty quickly, right? When he found out that he missed New Year's with Steven. Well, and this is this is the thing. So Greg has somewhat grown out of his out of his codependency and that was part of the whole thing with his relationship with Rose and now having Steven. Um, so he lost something major, mm-hmm. but he still hasn't worked through a lot of it, which is actually very evident by the fact that he has that huge mess in that garage. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we look at if we look at that mess it's it's a lot of <sighs> with codependency it's you're you're not willing to do the work mm-hmm. um and that unorganized mess is proof that he is unwilling to do the work now the fact that pearl and garnet came and did the work for him still shows that he still requires and don't get me wrong because one of the things we always say is look for your supports but he still hasn't done the work yeah. fully yet himself mm-hmm. 
But yes, he he has supports to help him do a lot of that work. Yeah, um, yeah I I I think that um, with kind of going off what you're saying, um, I feel like this is the beginning. Like this is Greg realizing that he has that support system. Um, and well, yeah, they kind of did the work for him this time. It kind of like gives him that idea that okay, so they're going to actually be there for me, even though. You know, they're probably still holding over some feelings over the fact that, you know, Rose chose me, this and that. But he knows that at the end of the day, they're still going to be there and still help him out. And so then this can kind of set him up for potential future episodes where he might actually go through and start working through some of these um, repressed feelings or, or this trauma from losing Rose and, and other things like that and kind of help them get through all that sort of emotional baggage and sort through what's what are some memories, what are some feelings that he wants to keep with him and what are something he has to let go and, and kind of let them be um, just so that we, he could finally move on with his own life and, and you know, let go of the past. Mm-hmm. So, but the good think- thing is... Um, I'm sorry. Um, but the good thing is Amethyst did get to work through Mm -hmm. this in this episode. Not her hoarding. Not hers. Yeah. But she worked through the problems with her and Greg by helping him. Yeah. Yeah. I I think part of what made Greg able to snap out of it better than Amethyst is that Greg has Steven as a grounding influence, right? Amethyst, she she's sort of stuck in her ways in many ways, and she looks to Steven for approval, but when she doesn't get the approval from Steven, she she won't change, right? She'll she'll still stick to her own opinions. She just She'll just know that Steven is not on her side. And this is something that happened in on, on the run, right? When when Steven tried to get Pearl and Amethyst to sort of get along, she immediately felt betrayed. Whereas Greg, I think he is so bent on being a good father to Steven that that desire to be a good father grounds him in a way that he can snap out of it this sort of irresponsible streaks when he notices that he's not being a good father to Steven. Whereas I don't think Amethyst has anything that influences her that way that tells her, you know, um, I should be a better person because of this or for, for this person. Well, I would say that she doesn't have that anymore. Yeah. She did have that. And then in her eyes, Greg took that away. Mm-hmm. But then she replaced um, Rose with Greg. I wouldn't even say that. I feel like she's sort of using Greg as like an escape, and it's a way to kind of have some sort of probably like reminiscent feelings of Rose. Mm-hmm. But in the end of the day, it's still not Rose. The thing is that you got to understand that before even Steven was there, and it was like the Crystal Gems and Greg. 
I think Greg has the most compatible personality with Amethyst. I could imagine like hundreds of potential situations in which Amethyst is being her usual self and she's getting chastised by the Crystal Gems and she would find in Greg what she usually finds in Steven that, you know, we are more childish and we are more um, loose with our the way we act and the consequences of our actions. And so that's something to bond with. Well, well, I do think, well, I, I do agree with that. I feel like because Greg and, and Roast probably when they started getting a lot more serious and started spending a lot more time together, that probably left Amethyst feeling really hurt because now the two people that she could really turn to either as someone to look up to, someone to kind of help guide her as she grows, and the other one as like a friend, now they're both gone. You know, they're kind of off doing their own thing. Like, they're spending their own time together, leaving Amethyst to kind of just be on her own when she might not want to be because, well, how long do you think she spent alone in the kindergarten before she was found? You know, it's one of those things. Um, um, I don't, it's something that I actually was learning about today, like, just recently in my personality psychology course. Um, we were learning about, you know... Um, like infinite attachment styles and, and going Nick today, we were learning about the adult attachment styles. And, you know, one of the three things with, with babies sometimes is, um, you know, like being anxious, avoidant or being anxious. Like, oh, what was the other one? I can't remember the other one, but I don't think, but it was like where, um, when a baby is kind of like typically left, you know, commonly left to kind of just cry things out when their needs aren't mm-hmm. consistently met. Mm-hmm. It can leave them with this form of uh, anxiousness or distress, and either some babies can either really let it out, and even when the mom comes back and tries to c- console them, the baby continues to thrash and, and whatnot. Or in this case, and in, in this is the case with Amethyst, um, where they kind of don't show that they're in distress. They kind of ignore that. However, if you were to like hook them up and, and take a look at their brain, like their brain scans and everything, then you could see that they are at very distressed they're very anxious the mother's not there they're just not going to show it they're going to act as if everything's fine mm-hmm. and in which case i feel like that's that's amethyst because when amethyst came out of the ground she was all alone she didn't have anybody now obviously it's a little bit different with gems but in the sense that she didn't have anybody to guide her to, to tell her what to do because she you know you know we don't know what her role is um, just quite yet in terms of why she was made. But I would assume that when they come out, they're kind of, they have somebody there, another gem there to tell them what to do. Yeah. And she didn't have that. So she comes out and she's like, what am, what am I here for? Why am I here? Mm-hmm. And it's only when Rose comes along and says, yeah, okay, well, you can be whatever you want to be. This is Earth. And so, but still, she was probably there for God knows how long. So now she has these sort of feelings where she decides to not show them. She'd rather just pretend as if everything's fine and not, you know, visibly show that, hey, I'm freaking out. Hey, I'm really upset that, you know, Rose is gone. So I'm not going to work through those issues or I'm really upset that, you know, or, or, you know, she might even blame Greg that like Rose is gone. And so now someone who I thought was my friend took away the person that I looked up to. So now I'm going to, you know, treat you differently. And even though we can try and get along, we can try and be friends in the end, I'm still going to blame you for, you know, the loss of somebody that I cared about. 
Mm-hmm. And which is why, like in this case, she torments Greg with turning into Rose and, and re-traumatizes him, um, knowing that they both still very much care for her and knowing full well that Amethyst probably still blames Greg for the reason why Rose is no longer there. Yeah. Yeah. Were you talking about dismissive um, avoidant? I have something like that. I'd have to look through the the, power, the PowerPoint slides. <laughs> so that was nice. But good job, Mark. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm using things I learned in school on a podcast. What? That's good what you. it's all about. That's what geek therapy is all about. It only took me twenty episodes. <laughs> so. Um, anything else about maximum capacity? Really we can just fill up this time with Freudian theories. But, Let's you know. not talk Let's, about Freud. I mean, Freud. No, Freud is Freud is. We can throw Freud in every episode. In all honesty, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Which psychosexual stage are we talking about in this episode, guys? All of them. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. The Passions of Sandor, or something like that. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Well, if you have nothing else to add, I think this is going <laughs> to be a good time to wrap up this episode. So, let us know what you think on the forums. Let us know what you think on our Twitter handles, which will be in the show notes. Or the Discord, which is a very friendly community, yep. the Geek Therapy Discord. We're almost always on it. I almost am never on because I'm crazy busy, but I try to pop in at least three times a day. <laughs> and if you write on the forums, I will probably be the only one. Jean is always the, o- the only one. I will, if he tells me to write something, I will write something. Write something. <laughs> If you tell she me that there's something, something worth tonight. reading out there that's not from you, I will pop onto the forum and, and read it. <gasps> I yes, feel if, so unloved. If 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 you actually send us something and and you know actually ask us a question on the forum, I will respond. <laughs> I will make sure of it. Yes, he will make sure that I respond. So, and you can always, of course, find us on our twitters. So, thank you all. Have a good night. Good night. Bye.